Welcome guys, this is Kimberly speaking and today we're going to celebrate Breast Cancer Awareness Month and I have three special guests with me here today that are going to tell their personal journeys and how they have been affected by this thing that has been plaguing us and we really have to get information out here and awareness so that we can fight this fight together, guys. Our guests today are Stephanie Carter, who is a huge advocate for breast cancer, and she was also her sister's caregiver who had cancer. So we want to talk to you today about her journey and the things that she went through, and she's going to give you guys some information on how you cannot go through what she went through. Our next guest is going to be Shalmar Johnson, who is diagnosed by, with cancer as well, and we are believing that she's going to be our next survivor, and we're speaking that in faith. And last but not least, we have Latasha Mims, who is also a breast cancer survivor, and they're going to give you their story on today. So, Stephanie, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey? All right, awesome. Thank you so much, Kimberly. Good evening, everyone. Um, I am coming to you today from a caregiver's perspective of how breast cancer has impacted my personal life. So just to give you a little tidbit of how this journey started, my sister Patrice, you know, I, I know that there is a, God does things for a reason, and I had just dropped my son off to school at Hampton University, and um, she was in Norfolk. So she said, let's hook up and go to the beach. So we did. Had a great time. Fast forward to the day I came back home, which was the day she was going to get her phone call about a lump that they had a biopsy for her. So when she calls me, she tells me that she was diagnosed as it being cancer. And I almost had a wreck. I was so emotional. I started crying. And the one thing that she said to me was, um, I'm going to be okay. Don't cry. I'm just fine. And I said, Okay, you know, I was like that. I was so emotional. I said, so do you want me to come there? And she said, um, yes. So she said that as if I had asked a really dumb question, and um, I immediately flew on over once I told my boss i got to go see about my sister. And from that moment, I decided I was going to be by her side to do whatever it was that I needed to do to be supportive. Um, but, you know, she was trying to be all tough and everything, but she did break down once we had prayer uh, regarding her journey. Um, with a new diagnosis, and then so when she wiped her tears, she said, so now what, y'all? I said, so now we're going to find out what's next. So that was how we um, she got diagnosed. Um, and I will tell you this, she did get her mammogram. She's never missed her mammogram. This time it was in lymph nodes um, under her arm, and there were about 13 that she had to have removed. And um, she had her regular mammogram that it missed the cancer that was in the breast, but they found it in her breast, in her clavicle, in her chest, I guess breastplate, and in her neck. So that was categorized as stage 4 metastatic HER2, and that was the diagnosis we got once they finished doing all those tests and everything. So that was how we um, got our diagnosis. Now, the hardest part, you guys, um, once she told me that, is trying to remember that I'm there to support her. But, you know, the struggle for me was how do I have my emotion? How can I uh, be allowed to feel and to mourn that, that, that 
that uh, diagnosis because that thing ripped my heart out, and um, I had to learn to go ahead and cry and be who I was, and then there were times when she would jump off the table and come and comfort me right there in the doctor's office when I should have been trying to be strong for her, but um, the hard part, you know, for me being her caregiver is watching her suffer through all those surgeries and um, going through the healing process. Um, one of the things that did happen that was pretty huge, she did have to get one of her breasts removed. It was in her left breast, and they had to do a mastectomy for that one. And um, But through all of this, she smiled. She was positive. She kept the faith all along. So I decided that's what I needed to do for her. Um, I was strong. I let her cry if she needed to cry. She let me cry if I needed to cry because I felt like I was, having the same diagnosis because I felt almost all of her pains. I clear it was so much my pain. I, I took that on for her um, as much as I could. Um, and I will also say that after each surgery or every process that we went through, I was literally there by her side. She had two kids that uh, were really afraid and they couldn't be there, but I was there. She had a, a nickname for me, Pitbull. She called me her pit bull. Mm-hmm. So um, that was the person that said, uh-uh, this is what we're going to do. you got to go to this appointment. No, you can't eat that. you got to take this. You know, I was there for all of those things, you guys, and it was the absolute hardest thing. But I will tell you this. Her journey taught me to um, ensure that I got my mammogram, and I'm an advocate to speak about other ladies getting their mammograms, and even when the mammogram may miss it, do your self-checks because um, if I can back up a little, she kept telling me to feel this thing under my arm, and I would say, I don't want to feel your armpit, and she said, come on, something isn't right. So one day I did touch it, and y'all, when I felt it, I jerked my hand back, and that's when I said, girl, you better get to that doctor. So had she done her self-check, and your self-check is not going to be just, you know, just feeling the breast. You need to feel the masses around the breast because cancer has that perimeter, and it could grow outside of that, and it could be breast cancer, but it can be in your lymph nodes. So that's where hers started. Even though there was a small spot in the breast, it was in the lymph nodes. So just make sure you are definitely getting your mammograms, doing your self-checks, and um, don't hesitate to ask any questions if you feel that your doctor is not you know, telling you everything, you jump up and you say, hey, this is what I think I have. What do you think? Because even me, I just had my physical the other day. I told my doctor I'm feeling some sharp pain shooting through my right breast, and um, he felt it, and he said he didn't feel anything, but I had my mammogram scheduled um, in a couple of weeks. So my last thing that I would like to say is make sure you are getting your mammograms and getting yourself checks done to make sure that, uh, you know, because, Preventive measures are the things that can catch. If you catch it soon enough, you might not have to go the story, the journey like my sister did in, in my story. Uh, but she did live six years with, almost six years with a stage four diagnosis, and that was because we did everything that the doctors advised her to do. And um, because I was her pit bull, it was an easier process for her. So thank you for letting me share my a little piece of my journey about my sister Patrice. But that's my KP is what I call the Karen Patrice. She's my KP. I was her pit bull. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you so much, Stephanie. That was just that was just heartfelt. I I I've been a caregiver um 
in my career field actually as a nursing assistant and I know you know caring for people it takes a toll on you as well so and I know you feel like you had to really be strong for her and it was really affecting you and she was being strong for you and that happens sometimes but that is just it's so awesome that she had you there and having a strong support system probably makes a difference as well so I'm definitely sure that she was grateful for you and all that you did and I know you said you were telling me that you had a website that you did an interview advocating for breast cancer do you want to share that with the people today yes um I am a part of making strides there's a Primex pink warrior team that um my sister was on that team um, and she also walks in Susan G. Coleman as well. So one of the things that I was certain to continue to keep going in her name and in her honor was to participate and continue to raise money for those two organizations. Um, the Primex Pink Warriors, the young lady that's the head over that group, she asked me one day to share my story, which was only going to be a one-minute, um, I guess, video of me speaking of her about my journey and why I support that um, particular initiative. So it did take me about um, an hour to record that one minute, and I actually went over about maybe 15 seconds, but they went ahead and posted it anyway because they were excited to hear how I continue to support the initiative. Although I lost my sister, she did die in May of last year. It was May the 6th last year, mm -hmm. and that part was ripped right out of my chest. But um, I know that she did no longer have to suffer, but yes, I did speak about her journey on that video, and um, while I was talking, I actually held up a picture of her obituary because, you guys, it was beautiful. It was pink, and she had her hands up in the air like she was a warrior, like, I, I got this, you know, it was like she was celebrating, and that was a picture we had taken from um, some other event we were at, and that's the one they used on her obituary, so I was holding it up, I had it framed, and I was holding that up as I spoke for my one minute and 15 seconds about my sister Patrice. So, yes, thank you for asking about that, um, Kimberly. You're welcome. Thank you for sharing. That's awesome. So next, ladies and gentlemen, we have Shamar Johnson, who's going to share with us her journey. And Shamar, take it away. Good evening, everyone. Uh, how I was diagnosed. I'm going to go back to 2019. I had my very first mammogram. I did not do regular mammograms like I should have. My mother had always told me to start when I was 40, and I did not. So I did my first one in 2019. Everything was fine. Everything was good. Um, and then 20, March 2020, right when COVID had hit, I had felt a lump. And my breast, I was just, and I wasn't, I was just, I don't know, just one day, just, I guess, feeling my breast for some reason. And I had felt, it didn't feel right. So I thought it was going to be, I thought it was like a cyst. And so I'm Google, I'm Googling like, you know, a cyst and a picture up here showing the cyst exactly where, um, where mine, where I thought it was um, in my breast. And so um, my husband was deployed at the time um, in Kuwait, and so I was I was afraid to um, go to the doctors and see what it was without him being here. So when he got home, when he 
got home in when he came home in August 2020. He said, he said, yeah, you need to go to get it checked. So I did. I went to go get it checked in November 2020, right around um, before Thanksgiving. And the doctor, she was like, you need to get a breast, I'm a breast um, it doesn't feel right. And I said, well, is it a cyst? And she said, no, it's not a cyst. And I'm thinking like, oh, my gosh, what if, what is it if it's not a cyst? And so I did a breast diagnostic um, right after that, before Thanksgiving, and the results came back, um, they right right into going into December of 2020, right before Christmas, the week of Christmas holiday, the results came back that I had breast cancer, and so I was like, oh my goodness! So I received another call. So we so back. I want to back up. So in between December 2020, I originally got a diagnosis of breast cancer, but then they did more tests going into January, and it with CT scans and um, a bone diagnostic, and it came back that it, it, it was now in my bones. So now I have cancer in my bones. So I'm like, wow, okay, this is this is crazy. So. I, by this time, I'm just in shock of everything, and only thing I can say is I, I was talking to somebody one day a couple months back, and they asked me, did I cry? And I said, no, I just, I was in shock, but my faith that I had just undergirded my shockness. And so by January, going into the month of January 20th, um, January um, 2021, I had went to a doctor's appointment, and my doctor was um, was talking to me about the treatment that I was going to have for this particular, uh, for metastatic cancer, because when they diagnosed me back in December, they had, like, people calling me and telling me, oh, they had everything set up. I was going to do a port and all this. I met with a surgeon. And by January, it changed, and it was like, okay, you, we have to scratch everything. My oncologist was like, no, we have to do something different. So she was talking about me about doing hormonal therapy. And so that's what I did, which is um, me taking oral medication every day in two shots once a month for my treatment. Everybody's treatment is different. So I went through So she was telling me in January 22nd of this year, this is what's going to happen. But previously, when I took the bone diagnostic test, Oh, about the second week later after that, I had lost mobility in my legs and my feet. I was falling, and I didn't know why. And so by the time I went to visit my oncologist, and she told me about the treatment that I was, they were going to put me on, she was like, what is wrong with you? Why are you in a wheelchair? So I told her what was going on, and she said, Shalma, something is not right. And she was like, I'm going to have to do emergency. We're going to get you an emergency MRI. So they did an emergency MRI. I never forget that day was a Friday, and she said, and they did me an emergency MRI. And I got you, ladies. I tell you, <laughs> by that morning, by noon, I was admitted to the hospital, and they were like, "We're gonna have to do immediate surgery." What happened was I had a tumor go on my neck. That's why, and I was. That's why I lost mobility on my in my legs and my feet. The tumor was 
in my neck, pressing down on my nerves in my spine. So it's like we're going to have to remove this. So I went through back surgery. I have nine screws in my neck. And so I had to go through that. And I, besides being diagnosed with the breast cancer, so I went through that, then back surgery, having nine screws in my neck. I had to recover from that. So um, it, it, was, it, it, was, it was like a whirlwind thing. And what the hardest part after receiving um, my prognosis is that, that my oncologist said this is stage four mystetic breast cancer and it's not curable. And so they're going to treat me. Um, they're going to treat me with the um, or with the pills and injections. So with that being heard, I'm still. I was in shock and disbelief, and not really paying attention to it. And I don't give it. I, as an as of today, I don't give it much thought. And because I let my faith just carry me through it, and I don't even think about that it's even stage four. I don't even think about that. Mm-hmm. So um, what my takeaways from my journey is that I have learned to appreciate life more, um, being more persistent, um, go-getter about living my life on purpose, um, because I was created for purpose, and I was to walk out my de- destiny. And so pretty much every day I decree and declare that I shall live and not die and I, because I shall fulfill what God has created me to do on this earth. And um, my testimony is that um, God is truly um, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. That is my testimony because even the doctors, they shake the, the my neurologists and the my oncologists. They're like, it's like all the stuff that I have been through from the time I was diagnosed to now. It's like they can't believe it. It's like they look at me now, and it's like I don't even look like anything. I've gone through anything, or I'm going through anything, and I just say that's just about the grace of God. And so I just, um, I just know. That this is, you know, I'm a living testimony to be to be a living testimony to other women, and to encourage other women, and as well as as um, being an advocate, I'm striving to be an advocate as well to um, to uh, let other women know to do your mammograms. Don't wait late like I did, and even if you know you do get your mammograms on a regular basis, but even if you get your mammograms on a regular basis you still do a self-check and, and make sure that you're taking care of yourself, do self, a lot of self-care. And so, um, but that's my, um, that's my journey um, on what has gone on in my life. I am still going through it, um, but I, I, I know that I'm still in my my healing process, my healing process, but I know God. I'm going to see the other side of it, and God is taking me through it. And so that's um, that's pretty much my my story. Amen. Well, we we are believing with you that you will be healed and you shall live and not die. And we do know that God is a healer because He sent His Word and He healed them. 
and we believe and we have faith the size of a mustard seed, God can do anything but fail. So I'm right there, and I'm going to touch and agree with you, honey, that you will be healed. And I just thank you for just sharing that with us on today. And, wow, that's just, man, you just, you're so strong. I just listen to you. I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's going through all of this. Like, you wouldn't even be able to tell it. So yeah. that's truly a testament that God really just is, is with you. And by his grace, you will come out on the other side. So I was sharing that on today. All right. So we have Latasha Mims, and she's going to give us her story about her her journey. Hello, you guys. Um, first, just let me thank you, Kimberly, for having us um, today to share our testimonies. Um, um, just to start, uh, just to let you know, my diagnosis was a self-diagnosis. Um, but let me take it back. Six years prior to my diagnosis, I was diagnosed in 2013 with stage 3 invasive ductal carcinoma. I was also HER2 positive, uh, but six years prior to my diagnosis, um, I was 29 at the time. I felt the lump. Um, you know, at that time, your doctors tell you, oh, you know, you're young. Um, you don't need a mammogram right now or whatever. Um, but I insisted. I did. So my, my primary at the time sent me in for a mammogram. Um, they looked at the site. Um, they did the, I think it was just a regular mammogram at the time because I, I didn't know anything about the digital. So it was a regular because I had my uh, breast smashed into the machine. So that was the first time I had ever had a mammogram at 29. Um, but it was ruled out at that time as fatty tissue. He said um, some women, and I was kind of top heavy, not not too heavy. I was, I was like a 38D. I wasn't like double or triple. I was, you know, normal size. So he said women with larger breast size um, tend to have dense breast tissue. So he ruled it out as fatty tissue. So moving forward, um, six years later, now 35 years old, still have this lump in my chest, has not gone anywhere. It has actually grown in size. Um, it became hard. Um, it was my breast in the right, it was on the right side. It was very itchy um, to the point I started to scratch so much I developed stretch marks. So um, I was like, something is just not right. And I remember telling my friend at work, who I worked with at the time, I was like, look at this, feel this. And she felt it, and she was like, oh, no, Tosh, you know, you need to get that looked at. I said, I know. So I went in to my primary at the time, and uh, this honest story, because I was having issues with my menstrual cycles as well, she felt like it had a lot to do with that. So she didn't even want to look at it. I was a little disappointed. But I say, you know what, you know, let's let's move along. I, I've left out of there, you know, felt let down or whatever, but I went, I found me another um, provider, but this time I went to a women's uh, clinic. I went to like an OB. So um, I went in, I told them, I said, look, 
I'm not here because I need a pap smear. I'm not here because I'm pregnant. I'm not here because I'm having issues. I need a referral for someone to look at this lump in my chest. So she looked at it. She touched it. She felt it. She said, say no more. So she sent me in for um, a mammogram, and I went in for the mammogram. Um, They did the screenings, and this time it was a digital mammogram, like ultrasound. So they did the digital, um, and she started, you know, circling stuff or whatever, so I got kind of nervous because it wasn't just the one spot that I went in for. She was circling several spots. So after that, you know, the oncologist came in, and he actually did not remember me by face or name, but he remembered me by record because six years prior, he was the one that did my mammogram. So he came in, he asked, he said, you know, Miss Mims, what's going on with this breast? And I'm like, I don't know, you tell me. So um, at that time, he told me he'll send me for a needle biopsy. I went in for the biopsy. It came back that I had breast cancer. Stage three, invasive ductal carcinoma, HER2 positive. Um, I was 35 at the time. I I, I didn't know what to say. You know, I kind of felt mm, like maybe the mammograms failed me, but I I won't say that they do not work because they do. Early detection um, is the best protection. And for me, knowing what I know now since I am in the field, um, and I've learned a lot about my cancer since then is, Women with dense breast tissues are the ones that are diagnosed um, the least. Like 50% of diagnoses are women with dense breast tissue because the mammograms don't pick it up. So my advice would be to women, you know, if you're told that, is to ask for, you know, further testing, ask for um, digital screenings, ask for needle biopsies because that's the only way that they can really tell or diagnosed it as being cancer. Um, So I ended up, I I did a double mastectomy. Um, It was my decision because of the staging and that it had reached outside the breast. Um, I also had micrometastasis in my lymph node areas, which means the tiny cells um, had broken off into the lymph node area. So I had some positive lymph nodes, and they took 30 out. Um, so I did her septin therapy after that, um, and I'm on her hormonal treatment now, which I've been on for eight years. I'm almost eight years cancer-free. Um, also, I, during my, my journey, I did, um, they asked me to, if I would be interested in a clinical trial. Um, at first, I was like, no, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be another study or statistic or saying, you know, why African-American women don't survive. You know, I, I just had all kind of thoughts. But after thinking about it and talking to my nurse navigators and my team, I did do it. So um, I was on three different um, chemotherapies. One was a combination drug, and then I had to do a second one. So like I said, I am almost eight years cancer-free. My advice that I can offer women who, you know, 
may be going through this or if, you know, if you or want to know if, you know, they have breast cancer is speak up. You know, if, if you feel like something is wrong, then nine times out of ten it could be something. So, you know, do your self-checks, you know, um, get your mammograms, and you don't have to wait till you're 40 because um, cancer is being diagnosed within women way younger now. Um, so don't let them tell you, oh, you're too young because uh, it has no age limit. So that would be my advice um, to everyone, and thank you for letting me share. Wow, eight years. That's awesome, man. You know, that is so important. I'm, we have to make sure when we go to these doctors and they know, they think they know best, but you know your body, you know when something is wrong. And I'm a firm believer right. for, no, you need to check this, do this. Like, I, I don't, I'm very serious when it comes to my health. And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to say I'm a hypochondriac, but I don't let anything go that I feel like is abnormal or anything is wrong because I know, you know, it's about when you find stuff and what's going on. I, I think I was about 19 and I was doing, you know, myself breast checks at 19 and I found a lump and it was under my arm, under my arm, under the right armpit. So I was like, okay, well, this is like, I'm thinking this is not really your breast. This is under, you know, under your arm. So went to the doctor and they, you know, scheduled the biopsy and all that. And thank God it was benign. But, you know, you know, just doing those checks, finding that lump, like getting it checked out, seeing what's going on, like you got to do those things. And I've I've just been, I've made sure to check, you know, ever since then. And I'm just very careful, you know, especially since my mom passed from breast cancer, you know, I just kind of make sure I stay on those things. And we as women, we have to do that. And we, like, and it's just so important, like I said, to make sure that if you know something is wrong, don't let them tell you, you know, oh, there's nothing wrong. No, you need to check it out. Your job is to check right. it out, you know, point blank, period. So that's awesome. We're, we're so grateful for you being cancer-free for almost eight years. And I just want to thank you guys for sharing your story on today, you know, you never know what people are going through. You never know, you know, what you can learn from hearing somebody's testimony, somebody's story, what they're going through, what they went through. You know, it could help you. It could help somebody else. So I really just want to thank you guys for sharing on today and just kind of wanted to give a couple of statistics that I found. So about one in eight United States women will develop invasive breast cancer over the course of her lifetime. And we think, you know, as women, breast cancer, you know, is for women. But no, about 2,650 new cases of invasive breast cancer are expected to be diagnosed in men in 2021. A man's lifetime risk of breast cancer is about 1 in 833. For women in the United States, breast cancer death rates are higher than those for any other cancer besides lung cancer. So, you know, the the thing to do is get checked, you know, know, do yourself checks, go to the doctor, get your mammograms. And I know they tell you, like you said, to wait until a certain age, but if something is wrong, you got to do what you got to do to find out what's going on. And you don't want to wait until it's too late. I recently found out there's a better mammography that you can actually get that's supposed to be better in finding um 
cancer, especially for women with dense breasts, and this FDA approved is called the Genius 3D Mammography. I'm not sure if you guys yeah. have heard of it, but if yeah. you know anybody listening want to go to mygenius3d.com, you can actually put in your zip code to see if there's a facility that offers this mammography in your area. So, you know, women and, and men, I just want to really encourage you all to go out there, you know, know information, do your self-checks, go to the doctor routinely. And I think, you know, the thing is finding it early, man, because you really want to fight, you know, the good fight of faith. And like I said, I really just want to thank you guys for coming on, sharing your story. It's just really meant so much to me on today. And I know you guys have helped somebody and you've put information out there that can only help people. With that being said, I want to thank everyone for listening on today. Please make sure you subscribe to and share my YouTube channel. Kimberly speaking. Until we speak again, be blessed.